Chapter Forty Eight of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Forty Eight. Her Wedding Day. They were married one day in October out under the elm trees that were caswick's glory the sumacs had flung out their blood-red banner of defiance to the coming blasts and every tree and shrub had on a wedding garment the carpet on which they stood was like unto the field of the cloth of gold there was not room for them anywhere else the wedding feast was spread in the schoolhouse which was freshly whitewashed and gay with autumn boughs i ain't gwine to have no po' folks doin's mammy had said i gwine to have de stack cake and cook de pig and all a ole abelmarl supper they let her have her way and the larder was ransacked it was an ideal wedding for there was nobody there but those who loved them and the wedding gifts were conspicuously absent but while there was no exhibition of cut glass and burnished silver there was over in the new nest which was the old nest made over that which gleamed with loving-kindness and sparkled with affection there were buckets of lard and sacks of meal and homemade rugs for the floors that must be bare for a while till the start was gained and quilts that had been pieced from precious scraps and quilted for the occasion mr wayland's gift was a shoat and mammy's the old dominecker and two of his plural wives nobody on grand prairie had anything of value to give now but they all out of their own destitution shared what they had and so the beautiful custom that has been so debased came back to its primitive beauty only one handsome thing did they have that was a case of beautiful spoons marked virginia they came from lawrence but the case had on it the name of a boston firm with them came a note that virginia read with the tears brimming her eyes as they did that day in the buggy she handed it to her mother and bent over the gift it is very appropriate said miss nanny grimly that kansas should send silver to missouri virginia dashed away her tears indignantly aunt nan you ought to be ashamed of yourself you know he didn't have anything to do with it i know it said miss nanny coolly but there is poetic justice in it notwithstanding but when she read the note even she broke down they were for her home and gordon's it said from a lonely man whose life was deeper if not brighter for having known her and who wished for her every joy that the love of a good man could bring to a woman virginia said miss nanny brokenly i think i am a little ashamed that word lonely had touched her he certainly is a gentleman if there ever was one i can't see 
how he came to be born in massachusetts the guests were strangely assorted as guests usually are at weddings for them if ever we call the people we want not many of the families had come back to the old neighborhood and not all of those who had were asked some whose names would have been on the list four years ago were not bidden to-day and some were invited the very mention of whose names would have sent miss nanny off into hysterical laughter then those were crucial years they revealed character as well as made it virginia went down to toby taggart's and asked rainy to come to her wedding the girl shook her head miss nanny told me you wanted me she said she was evidently pleased that they did but ma she lowed he wouldn't want me to go he had been in the brush i s'pose i've got to think about that now yes she continued it's hank him and me's layin off to get married after hog killin time pa says he reckons it'll be root hog or die but hank's done surrendered now he says he's goin to work i reckon we'll git along i wish you'd come rainy said virginia as she started to go we're not goin to have anybody but those we love but you know you saved gordon's life we haven't forgotten that yes the girl spoke hesitatingly it was a strange combination of circumstances hank her accepted lover had been one of that bloodthirsty gang yes i reckon i saved him all right enough and a dull red spread over her face i knew i was saving him for you with a sudden impulse virginia put her arms round the girl and kissed her Goodbye, Rainy. I'm sorry you won't come, and her tears were nearer to falling. Mammy had a conspicuous place in that bridal party. One of the beauties of an unconventional affair is that you can put people according to your love for them, not consulting rules of precedence nor even of color, unless you wish. Mammy stood with the family, as was her right. She certainly had established her claim, and Virginia wished it so i want her to be where she can see she said they will all understand nobody objected for as miss nanny said if anybody in the world is entitled to a high seat in this particular synagogue it certainly is mammy she wore a bright plaid linsey the first she had had since the early years of the war it was the gift of the bridegroom who having no best man or ushers to remember bestowed his gift on the best women as he said though he acknowledged that on that basis his mistress ought perhaps to draw straws with her for it mammy's dress rivaled the maples and the hickories for brilliancy but it was toned down by her white apron and head handkerchief and by the little beverly in spotless attire standing thus she gave the last touch of color needed to complete a picture the like of which is fading now mr singleton got back in time to marry them and mrs singleton to help dress the wedding hams virginia felt that she would hardly be married by anybody else and he prayed as she had so often heard him at family prayers that their feet 
might be delivered from falling and their eyes from tears already they were beginning to build up the waste places and restore again the walls of their jerusalem they had nothing to begin on but undaunted faith and the bible saved from the flames when the jayhawkers burned the church from some strange spasm of reverence or perhaps superstition they took the bible out and laid it on a stump outside the range of flame and there it was found the presbytery to which hickory grove church belonged had met for the last time down in lafayette county in the spring of sixty two a meeting attended by old people women and children says one who was there and full of sadness charity and devotion a sort of spiritual sunset before a long dark bitter and cruel night of three and a half years now the night was past and the day at hand and the little band on grand prairie was gathering its forces to plant the blue banner again the willow could be seen from where they stood under the elm but mrs trevelyan turned resolutely from it mothers hearts are always tender at a time like this and there must be no tears on virginia's wedding day only as the heads were bent in prayer nobody could see did she look at the swaying branches her arms were so empty now mammy filled the gap as the prayer ended she turned to her mistress hiya miss betty you take dis chill i gotta go mrs trevelyan strained him to her breast god had filled her empty arms never was there a sweeter bridal they were very fair to look upon these two he in his stalwart strength and soldierly bearing and she in her beauty out on the prairies the bob whites called each other to look and from the woodlot back of the house came a bridal chorus from feathered throats the sunlight filtered down through the trees and fell upon them in a golden shower out beyond the spread of the branches floating clouds cast their shadows on the meadow grass just as they used to do but the whole world was so bright to them to-day that they did not see they stood with their backs to caswick and its ruins the smoke-stained pillars and all they stood for were behind them before them was the new home the new life and love age loves a retrospect but youth looks ever forward and god be thanked and now the vows are said the potent vows that hold the happiness of these two souls for weal or woe till death do part the benediction falls and out into the world they go one flesh instead of twain and in the heart of the young bride is welling up the jubilate tuned to human love and in the bridegroom's eyes a look of tender strength and steadfastness that says i will not fail thee love lean hard and thus hand in hand heart to heart and shoulder to shoulder for theirs will be no rose-strewn path 
they step over the threshold of the old life into the new end of chapter forty eight recording by john brandon